It's a blessing. Is he not a blessing? Let's give him one more hand. What a talent. What a gift. We want to bless him this morning with an offering, and if you would like to uh, write a check, make it out to Whitley Church. That way I get my 10% right off the top. Um, really, uh, let's bless him. This is what he does for a living. This is his life. He travels. He goes to churches of all sizes. He goes to churches that can't really meet his financial needs. We want to bless him over and above today. So our ushers are coming right now to receive an offering for Rod. And as they come, please be as generous as you possibly can. Uh, we would just want to bless this ministry. I believe in what Rod is doing. Many, many people have come to Jesus. As a matter of fact, I would encourage you to go to his website, rodpropes.com. Go to his website and read his testimony. Uh, Rod has sung uh, songs that have made it to the top of the charts. Uh, he, um, uh, as he told you a little bit about his testimony of coming out of a life of drugs and all of that. And so uh, as the ushers serve you, please give generously today and let's bless this man's ministry. Uh, appreciate about Rod his humility and his uh, cooperative spirit. He has just come and said, Pastor, whatever I can do to bless you, however I can be a blessing, uh, you just tell me what uh, to do and, and I will be there to serve your folks. And that's really a refreshing thing. Well, we're just so glad that everybody made it on this Memorial Day weekend. A lot of folks are, uh, are traveling. We've got one small group that's down at the beach and I trust they're watching this morning. Y'all behave yourself down there. And... Um, we're online now, so if you are away on the weekend this summer, you can uh, go online on Sunday morning, and we're right there live, and, and we hope it's a blessing. You guys get it down in Costa Rica? Awesome, awesome. We're in a series called Blink, as you are giving and blessing Rod. Let me uh, get us going in our message this morning. Um, we called it Blink because our kids grow up so fast, you know, the, they're born, they're little infants, uh, two or three days old, we blink our eyes, they're in preschool, we blink our eyes, they're in middle school, we blink our eyes, they're graduating from high school, they grow up so fast. And I'm standing here as the father of two grown children. My boys are men, and and uh, look back on my days as a parent. And to be honest with you guys, this sermon, uh, it, it's really some things I wish I had heard earlier in my in my fatherhood, earlier as a parent. So I'm saying some things to you 20-somethings and 30-somethings out there who are still, you know, you got those little ones around the house. I want to tell you, you have such a great opportunity. You have such a great privilege to, to mold those lives and mold those little hearts. The Bible says in Psalm 127 and verse 3, children are a gift from the Lord. And I know it doesn't always feel like that, does it? Sometimes you think it's a gift from the devil, but it's not. <laughs> they're, they're little gifts from the Lord. As a matter of fact, that verse goes on to say in the New Century Version, babies are a reward. Babies are a, a reward. And so we've already talked about four things that children need, and today we're going to talk about three. Let's go over very quickly the four things we've already talked about. Number one, we found out kids need compassion. 
And we went into great detail about what that means and what that looks like. And so I would encourage you that if you did not hear that message, go online and listen to it absolutely free of charge. You can listen to these messages online uh, via our uh, website. So compassion. Number two, counsel. Kids need counsel. Uh, It is not in their heart to know the way they should go. They need advice from you. They need wisdom from you. They need direction from you as a parent. And so they need counsel. Number three, we discovered that they need correction. Correction. And we talked about the difference between discipline and punishment. And um, you need to listen to that message from last Sunday. Also last Sunday, we talked about the fact that kids need confidence. They need self-esteem, a healthy self-esteem. And that comes primarily from that parental person in their life. And I know we don't live in a perfect world with a Barbie and Ken mom and 2.3 children and all of that. I mean, Rod proved that today. He's got five girls. Can we just have a moment of silence for him right now? Three te- and four of them are teenagers. <laughs> Help him, Jesus. And, um, you know, and, and so guys, they, they, they need a lot from us. Our kids need a lot from us. Um, compassion, counsel, correction, and confidence. The point I was making was that in a lot of homes, you know, it's a grandmother that's the parent, or a grandmother and a grandfather, or, or, or you know, maybe it's an aunt or an uncle. Maybe it's a single mom or a single dad. I know everything's not that perfect little picture in the world we live in. So what I'm saying to you is whoever is filling that parental role, hear the word of the Lord from this message today. Well, let's talk about three more things children need. Um, The uh, fifth thing that kids need is uh, celebration. They need celebration. Now, what I'm going to preach on this morning, you're going to think that um, this isn't really that important. But you're wrong. When I use the word celebration... I mean, kids need fun. See, I knew I'd get, you know, it's like, well, we know they need fun. That's all they want is fun. I understand that. But let's talk about the importance of fun in the life of a child. Families ought to have fun. They, you know, families just want to have fun. You know, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry I went there. Was that a Madonna song? Really? I am so sorry. Lord, forgive me. Um, <clears throat> Beatles, you know, what in the world? So the home should be a place to play. The home should be a place to laugh. There's a huge mistake being made today in a lot of Christian homes. I mean, homes where kids are being brought up by good parents who love God. And those parents work hard and provide for their children and and they take care of their children and they bring their children to church, but they're leaving out a very important element a lot of these homes are, and that is this element of celebration. This, this, This quality in the home of just Fun. They're not having enough fun at home. And a lot of times that's because we're too busy and we're too preoccupied. And we work all day long. You know, we get up in the morning and we tell our children, hurry, 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 hurry. You know, and, and we're getting ready because we sleep as late as we possibly can. 
And the people said, amen. amen. And so you get up in the morning and you're rushing them. And, you're, and so there's very little affection during that time unless you get up a little early and plan for it. And I urge you to do that so you can show that love and affection before they go to school and you go to work. And then we come in at the end of the day and we've been doing our to-do list all day at work. And then we come, at the, come in at the end of the day and we've got another to-do list in our hands. And we walk in the door and we're kind of frantic, you know, because life is full of pressure and the pace of this world is just crazy. And so we walk in the door and, and those kids need us. They need to tell us what their day was like and, and they need to tell you stuff they're going through and stuff they're facing and challenges they're facing. But a lot of times we're so preoccupied with our home to-do list that we, we don't take time to listen to them. We don't take time to be with them. We don't take time com to commune with them. And, and what I'm preaching on today is, is that element of fun. We don't take time to have fun. Let me ask you something. Are you enduring your children or are you enjoying your children? The word of the Lord today is enjoy your children. Enjoy them. Let me, let me make you a promise. When it comes to the end of your life and you are on that deathbed and you're laying there, you're not going to say, I wish I'd worked more hours. You're not going to say, I wish I had worked more at home. You're not going to say, I wish I had kept a cleaner house. I wish I had been more organized. You know what you're going to say? I wish I'd had more fun with my children. I wish I'd taken more time with my children. Listen, I'm standing here before you today with two grown boys. I look back and, and, I, and I'm telling you, I wish that. I wish that. Growing up a young pastor, you know, first church I, <coughs> excuse me, the first church I pastored, I was 19 years old. And uh, by the time I was 20, I had a son and and then a couple of years later, I had another son. And I was, I was so intent on pleasing the church. I was so intent on the church. And the church didn't really demand it. And if they did, so what? You say, but you don't know what my job demands. You know what? I don't know what your job demands. But I'll tell you what your main responsibility is. It's those kids. It's that wife, that husband. It's your home. I encourage you to enjoy your children. You see, in every child is a God-given need for fun. A God-given need for fun. And uh, we have some folks in our church who are very compassionate and have brought children into their home and adopted children into their home who who had some backgrounds that were, that were difficult and they had a lot of challenges and they've brought those children into their home and we've watched those children bloom and just begin to laugh and begin to have fun and begin to enjoy life because it's in every child to have fun. When my boys were little, they were not impressed at all that I was the young pastor of a growing church. They didn't care. I'd say, guess how many we had at church today? When I came to Whitley, we had 69 in our very first service. And I remember the first Sunday, I had 200, and I came home, and I went, we had 200 people in church today. And my boys said, are we going to play ball outside today or what? 
They didn't care about that. And I'd bring my, I'd get a plaque once in a while, you know, about church growth. And I'd get a certificate and I'd bring it home and show it to the boys. And they'd go, yeah, whatever, let's go outside. They didn't care about that. They didn't care about all that stuff. They wanted to know, is daddy going to have some fun with us today? We want Daddy to have some fun with us. I remember, and I've told this story before, so some of you may remember it, but I remember when Millie and I took our boys to the Mecca of the United States of America, Disneyland. We took them to Disneyland. And y'all know, how many of y'all been to Disneyland, taking your kids there, and you had to sell a car? And, um, you know, you went and you bought the tickets, and... And so we, we saved and scrimped and saved and put some on the credit card. And I'm not recommending that. I'm just telling you what we did. Because I wanted my boys to experience Disneyland. And I'll never forget as we walked into heaven that day, the angels were singing. And uh, we walked in and, and we were having some fun. The boys were having a good time. And I remember after we'd been there about six or seven hours, my boys looked up at me and my oldest son. And he said, Daddy... It always makes me cry. <laughs> he, said, um, he said, will it be dark when we get back to the hotel? And I said, well, it's based on when you guys want to leave. I said, do you want it to be? He said, no, I wish when we get back it would be, it would be daytime. I said, well, why? He said, because we want to play some football with you. I said, boy, we're in Disneyland. <laughs> they want to be with me. They wanted to have fun with daddy. And we were having fun and they loved it. And they talk about it. But the thing he wanted that day more than anything was to have fun with daddy. Was to enjoy being with dad. I want to tell you something parents. These are the things your children remember. These are the things they remember. Dad was fun. Mom was fun. You want your kids to say, you know, around our house we were always laughing. We were always laughing. We were always playing games. Daddy was always wrestling with us. Mommy was hiding from us. And you know what? If the house, and she may have been hiding, you know, for other reasons. I realize that. But try to make it a game, you know, if you can. Y'all got that, didn't you? <laughs> Some mama's out there going, heck yeah, I was hiding. I was in the clothes hamper. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know what? Don't you know you you have spontaneous times of fun where where something just funny happens and everybody. But those are rare times. So here's what I'm saying to you. And this is serious. This is important. You need to plan fun times. You need to plan it. You say, well, I don't really know what to do. Maybe your parents didn't do much with you, so you don't want You know, I put on Facebook the other week a book that you can get 99 fun things to do with your kids that don't cost much money or no money at all. Get creative. Do some fun things. Surprise them. When they get home from school, have a surprise for them. Just create little moments. It doesn't have to go on for hours, but, but just little moments of fun and surprise. These are the things your children will remember when they're grown. I heard about a father who let his kids stay home from school one day. And the kids said, amen, amen, pastor, amen. And and um, he, he made green pancakes. He put some food color, made green pancakes. And, and they just had a great time and laughed eating the green pancakes. And, 
And, um, you know, enjoy your children. Do you hear me today? Enjoy. And I'm, I'm standing here today, t- I didn't do that enough with my boys. We, we had some fun times and we did some fun things, but I could have done more. I could have done more. Even the little things, make them as fun as you possibly can. And, and um, I think it's important that we learn to laugh at ourselves. Don't take yourself so seriously. You know, I know dads who have a lot of pride, man, and, and they might do something and it looked kind of foolish and the whole family laughs and dad gets upset. Oh, laugh. Let them laugh at you. Laugh with them. Laugh with them. And, and, and don't take yourself so seriously. You ought to take God serious. Amen? You ought to take the Word of God seriously. But there's some funny stuff in the Bible, too. But i got to tell you something. Church is hilarious. Now, now you, you can laugh at church because it's made up of what? People. Anytime people are involved, wacky things are going to happen. Amen? Tell you some funny things. Uh, um, I, I was preaching one time on Jonah when I was young, and, and I don't even think me and Millie were married yet, and I didn't realize what I was saying. Um, I was talking about Jonah, and I said Jonah was in the belly of the well, and that was back in those days when I preached <laughs> like this. <laughs> You know, and um, and Millie uh, Millie was out there, and I was trying to impress her my Bible knowledge, and uh, I said Jonah was in the belly of the whale <laughs> three long days, three long nights. I said, and Jonah was there and couldn't get out. I said, but then he repented of his sin, and and God brought that fish to the to the edge of the sea, edge of the shore, and just spit him out. And I said, and Jonah, after three long days, went and done his business. (laughs) Well, I meant he went and preached. That was his business. He's a man of God. That was his business. Of course, Millie's out there going, oh, yeah, this is good, you know, and... She couldn't wait, buddy, to get in the car. She couldn't even tell me about it. She was laughing so hard. So church ought to be fun. Your kids ought to get you up on Sunday morning and say, Mom and Dad, we're going today. I don't want to miss kids' church. How many of you, your kids are excited about our kids' church and our kids' ministry here at Whitley Church? Amen, amen. Man, I tell you, church is a funny place. Y'all ever read some of the stuff that people have put in church bulletins? Uh, how many of y'all read some of those bulletin bloopers? Let me give you some real quick just to show you church is hilarious. Announcement in a church bulletin for National Prayer and Fasting Conference. The cost of attending the fasting and prayer conference includes meals. <laughs> the sermon this morning, Jesus walks on the water. The sermon tonight, searching for Jesus. Our youth basketball team is back in action Wednesday at 8 o'clock in the recreation hall. Everyone come out and watch us kill Christ the King. Here's one for you ladies. You're going to love this one. Ladies, don't forget the rummage sale. It's a chance to get rid of those things not worth keeping around the house. Don't forget to bring your husbands. I love this one. The peacemakers meeting scheduled for today has been canceled due to conflict. 
All they did with this next announcement was leave out one little letter, the letter O. It says, remember in prayer the many that are sick of our community. Smile at someone who is hard to love and say hell to someone who doesn't care much about you. I bet there were some old boys out in the audience that day that went, all right, I'll do it. Did it yesterday, I'll do it tomorrow. I love this one. For those of you who have children and don't know it, we have a nursery down in the basement. I've met some people who had children and didn't know it. Next Thursday, there will be tryouts for the choir. Please come out. The choir needs all the help they can get. Potluck supper, Sunday at 5 o'clock. Prayer and medication will follow. I love this one. The low self-esteem support group will meet Thursday at 7. Please use the back door. <laughs> Weight Watchers will meet at 7 o'clock at First Presbyterian. Please use the large double doors at the side entrance. <laughs> this was in the bulletin at one church. Don't let worry kill you. The church will help. <laughs> Man, this next one looks just like something I would have put in the bulletin. I'm not kidding you. Thursday, there will be a meeting of the Little Mothers Club. If you wish to become a little mother, please see the minister in his office. <laughs> That's just wrong, isn't it? Since today is Easter, we've asked Miss Lewis to come forward and lay an egg on the altar. <laughs> this afternoon, there will be a meeting in the north and south ends of the church. Children will be baptized at both ends. <laughs> I'll sell a copy of these for $10 each. No, really, if you want these, I'll send them to you. On Sunday, a special collection will be taken to defray the expenses on our new carpet. Those wishing to do something on the carpet, pick up a piece of paper. Three more. Bertha Belch, a missionary from Africa, will be speaking tonight at Calvary Methodist. Come here, Bertha Belch, all the way from Africa. And these last two that I'm going to give you are high quality. Y'all ready? Save the high quality for the end. A bean supper will be held on Thursday evening in the church fellowship hall. Music will follow. And number one is... The pastor unveiled our church's new tithing campaign slogan last Sunday. Here's the slogan. I upped my pledge, up yours. <laughs> We've had people leave our church because we use too much humor. So I'm expecting a mass exodus today. <laughs> Church ought to be fun.
Hey, let me, let me tell you something. Where there are people, there's going to be comedy. Amen, amen. If you're not having fun with your kids at home, if you're not celebrating and planning, listen to me, planning fun with your children, then start doing that. Because if you're not doing it, if you're not having fun, listen, listen, husbands and wives. If your home is always stressful and people are always angry, people are always upset with one another, if there's always stress and tears and all of that in your home, don't be surprised that when your children become teenagers that they find a reason to be gone every time they can be gone. And don't be surprised when they grow up and have their own families that you can't get them to come back and visit you. I'm telling you, you are setting that right now. Whether your children, when they're grown, are going to want to come back to see mom and dad, you're establishing that right now. Right now. Have fun with your family. They don't want to come to a home that isn't enjoyable and it isn't a pleasant place to be. So don't endure your children. Enjoy them. Number six, kids need Celebration, they need challenges. Kids need challenges. Listen, your children need experiences that stretch them. You, you, need, to, you need to challenge your children to get out of their comfort zone and do some things that stretch them. Here's what will happen when you do that. Talents that they have will come to the top. Spiritual gifts that you didn't even know they had will rise to the top. But if you never challenge them, if you never stretch them, you will, the, these things will never be exposed in their, in, in their life. Uh, um, when you do this, it not only causes those gifts to come forth, but it causes them to develop. Here's what you got to do as a parent. you got to give them opportunities you got to give them opportunities, and then you got to back up and give them the responsibility that goes with that opportunity. You say, but they might stumble. They might fall. No, they might. It's not might. They will stumble. They will fall. They will mess up. But that's when the cream rises to the top. That's when you begin to see qualities and talents and gifts in them that otherwise you would have never seen. So give your children challenges. Here's what your job is, is as a parent and what my job is. We want to um, bring children into the world under parental control. And then we want to lead them through the challenges of life to self-control. And then as they have that self-control and are able to make decisions on their own, that leads them to a place where they can decide about God and decide about Jesus. And ultimately, your goal is to bring them into God control. And the people said, amen, amen. There's a verse that goes along with this. It's Luke 16 and 10. You've heard this verse before. It says, whoever is faithful in small matters... See, you let them be challenged in small matters. Give them chores. Give them, give them things to do. Give them things to do that will challenge them. He says, when you're faithful in the small matters, then bigger opportunities will open for you. He says, if you're faithful in small matters, uh, you'll also be faithful in larger ones. 
But if you're unfaithful or dishonest in small matters, you'll be dishonest in large ones. Listen, let me tell you something about kids. They respond to responsibility. They respond. And when you sit them down and you talk to them and say, now listen, I'm going to, you know, mama usually helps you and daddy usually helps you, but we're not going to help you anymore. You're, you're growing up. So this is your responsibility. And then celebrate. When your kids do something good, they do something right, they do something the way you taught them, they do something the way you showed them, celebrate with them. Celebrate. Have a celebration. I mean, throw a party. You don't, you don't have parties just on birthdays. Throw a party for, for all kinds of different accomplishments and things that they do. So as a parent, your goal, your goal is to produce a person who walks not just under his own control, but under God control. And then let me give you number seven. Number seven. Kids need to know their parents are not fickle. They need consistency. They need consistency from you, mom and dad. They need to know that you're not always changing your mind. You see, our model for consistency comes from our dad. Our Heavenly Father, in Psalm 145, verses 13 and 17, I'll just pull a phrase out of those verses. It says, the Lord is faithful to how many of his promises? All. Look what it says. And fair. How, what do you hear kids say? That's not. God says that he's fair in all that he does. And just because a child thinks something's unfair doesn't mean it is. I'm just saying Let's be consistent. Let's be consistent. See, when you overreact one time and then the next time you underreact, the child doesn't really know what you want, what you need, what you expect from them. So as a parent, be faithful to your promises, fair in your decisions, because when you're not, you produce insecure children, and even worse, you produce bitter, bitter children. So it's really, really important, guys, that you don't break your promises. Nothing, nothing, nothing in any situation, whether it's job or marriage or any other kind of relationship, nothing creates bitterness in a person's life any more than a broken promise, consistently breaking promises that you have made. So let's be consistent. I'm going to ask Rod, if he will, to come back up on stage and get ready to sing. I want him to sing that last song uh, completely yours. I want him to sing that for us one more time. And as he comes, let me, just, let me just close with these thoughts. I want you to listen to me. I'm, I want to I just seal the deal here on this sermon, on this sermon series. You know, at this point, you might be feeling a little frustrated, maybe even a little guilty. It's not my desire to make you feel that way. And here's why. Because there are no perfect parents. No perfect parents. I mess up even now. There are no perfect families. And now you parents get to say amen. There are no perfect children. Amen, amen. And I want to tell you kids out there that you were raised by imperfect parents. And when you become a parent, you'll be an imperfect parent. And your parents were raised by imperfect parents. And they were raised by imperfect parents. You say, well, how do I build a healthy family? Let's look at what the Bible says. Proverbs 24 and 3. Look what it says up on the screen. A house is built by what? Wisdom. And becomes strong through good sense. I love what Dr. Adrian Rogers, who is in heaven now, I like what he said about wisdom. He said, wisdom 
is sanctified common sense. Sanctified common sense. Now, that brings me to how do I get wisdom and how do I get good sense? And before I talk about that, let me just remind you children of something. Your parents aren't perfect. You say, boy, you can say that again. And neither will you be when you grow up to be a parent. Let me tell you what you do for your mom and dad, you, you teenagers out there, you young people. If you think mom and daddy aren't doing a good job, instead of sitting around whining and belly aching, and my mom used to say, pooching out your bottom lip, why don't you get on your knees and pray for them? If you think mom and daddy aren't a good mom and dad, why don't you pray for them? And parents, ask your children to pray for you. At night, when you have your prayer with your children, tell your children to reach over and touch you and, and teach them to pray for you. We've all got to pray for each other. I'll tell you another thing, kids. God chose your mom and dad to bring you into this world. And you've got to be really careful how you treat God's chosen people. Amen? Because your mom and dad are chosen people. So be really careful when you're disrespectful. As a matter of fact, the Bible says when you're disrespectful and you talk back to your mom and dad and you give them lip and you dishonor them with your mouth and your disobedience, the Bible says it takes years off your life. There ought to be a sign hanging in every child's room that says, dishonoring parents is hazardous to your health. <laughs> amen, amen. I'm telling you. I'm not kidding you. You parents that smart off at your mom and, and some of you got the sweetest moms and dads and, and they're kind and, and maybe they're just a little bit soft when it comes to discipline and that kind of thing and you've taken advantage of that and you're smarting off at them and smarting off at the mouth, cutting back on your days. You say, where's that in the Bible? It's in the Ten Commandments. Because it says if you honor your mother and father, he'll add years. So that tells me if you dishonor them, he's going to bring them back, subtract some years. Amen, amen, amen. Hear the word of the Lord today. So here's how you get that wisdom and good sense, mom and dad. You need to give your heart to Jesus. You need to give your heart to Jesus. You need to quit um, thinking that coming to church makes you a Christian. You need to quit thinking that coming on Wednesday night to the marriage class makes you a Christian. You need to stop thinking that as long as you come and play church, give a little money in the plate, maybe even volunteer to serve, that's wonderful and we appreciate that. But I would be a failure as a pastor if I didn't tell you that doesn't make you a Christian. That doesn't make you one of God's kids. You've got to accept the death of Jesus in your behalf. Let me, let me tell you what you've got to do. You've got to stand before God and go, I'm a sinner. You say, what about you? Did you do that? You better believe I did. You say, what about John and Steph? Did they do that? You better believe they did. Every person in this room who knows Jesus stood before him one day and said, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. Now, they tell us in the church world, if you want your church to grow, you can't tell people they're sinners. I'm telling you right now, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, 
You need him today. You're a sinner. You need to come to Christ today. I'm not judging you. I was there. I have to repent even now. I still mess up. But you need to come to Christ. You need to accept his work on the cross. You need to accept his resurrection from the grave. And you need to accept him personally into your life. Have you done that? Have you done that? You say, well, I, 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 I do... I, I join, I'm going to join. Look, those of you who are planning to join church Wednesday night, that's not going to help you go to heaven. I mean, we'll baptize you and hold you under until you say tithe. But that doesn't make you a Christian. Have you accepted Christ? Would you bow your head? Rod's going to come and sing this song. And I want you to ask yourself, have I told Jesus, Jesus, I'm completely yours. Father, thank you for challenging us in your word today. Now challenge us again in this song, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Ask yourself this question as Rod sings.
Amen, amen.